the journey and its adventures. The journey and its adventures. And, and so as I was thinking about this series, um, this was the quote, and this, is, this would be the 10th week we've been in this. Knowing God is the main storyline of the journey and is the greatest of adventures. Knowing God. And as I was thinking about winding this series down, I thought, you know what? We haven't talked about prayer yet. We have not talked about the journey and adventure of prayer. And so if you, you think about it for a second and you think about knowing God, if, I, if I'm going to know someone, I've got to talk to them, right? I mean, if, if you're married and you told your spouse you loved them and you didn't talk to them for a week, pr- problematic. <laughs> problematic. Yeah, and so, so the idea of prayer. And so there, there's different categories of people, of us in here. And, and some of you might say, you know what? I don't know how to pray. Like, don't, don't you have to use these and thou's and those and, right? Don't you have to, like, pray in King James Version? Is that what you, and, and so all prayer is, prayer is just talking to God. But if you're here and you, you feel that way, like, I don't know how to pray. How should I pray? How should I pray? You are in good company because the disciples, you know those derelict group of guys that Jesus left the, church, the New Testament church in the hands of? They asked Jesus the same question. Hey, Lord, how should we pray? How, how should we actually pray? I, I was uh, on the phone a few months ago with a friend of mine who was going through a, a, a rough time and lost his job, was looking for a job. And, and uh, he called me one morning, and he had just got through doing his devotion, and he said, hey, man, I just want to let you know that I just got to do my devotion. I, I prayed for you. And then he said, but actually, it's the first time I've ever prayed for you. <laughs> and then he said these words, I wonder who's actually praying. Very sobering statement, and it, 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 it rocked my world. Because we talk about prayer. I'll be praying for you, but do you? Yeah, I prayed today on the way between Starbucks and work. Oh, yeah, I prayed this morning for, like, yeah, I prayed. I threw one up. <laughs> right? Hail Mary. Whew. Hey God, and so so I, I I'm thinking about this after this guy said this to me. It was, it's messing with my mind for the rest of the week, and I got convicted. I got very convicted in the sense that, Lord, I'm doing a lot for you, but I haven't been talking to you lately. So who's praying? It's a good question, isn't it? Because we 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 whine. And we go through times in our life and we tell everybody else about what's going on in our life except God. So prayer, prayer is like an anchor. Prayer anchors you to God. And so, Anthony, will you help me? Why are you laughing? <laughs> Last time I fed you with a bottle, that's right. That's, <laughs> that's right. I'll never forget. <laughs> it was a special moment. Come here. <laughs> so, so prayer's like an anchor. 
And so if there's areas of my life that I tend to struggle with it, say if I'm really stressed out about circumstance in my life and things aren't really going good at work and I start wandering off this way and I'm like, oh, I'm so stressed out. And then what prayer does, daily prayer, concerted prayer, pulls me back to center, right? It pulls me back. Or if maybe I'm, I'm struggling a little bit with addiction. There's an area of my life that I'm really, really struggling in. And so I'm running after that. I'm running after that area of my life. And, and then all of a sudden, bam, wait a minute. I know that I'm getting, sorry about that. <laughs> See, if I have a daily time of prayer, then I know I've got to come back and deal with issues in my life because I'm attached. Anthony's prayer. Everybody say hi, prayer. Hi, prayer. Okay. And so, so I'm tempted to run off and get away from God. And then if I don't go back to center, I'm not anchored anymore. And then a day turns into two, two turns into three, three weeks turns into a month, a month turns into a year. And before I know it, I'm not anchored to anything because I haven't been talking to God. So the question is, who's really praying? It's a good question, isn't it? Like, who's really praying? My wife is amazing. She's a prayer warrior, but she also learned a long time ago, never tell someone you're going to be praying for them unless you do it. And so we're getting older, and so she'll just say, somebody will say, hey, could you pray for this? And she'll say, she'll just stop them and say, let's pray right now because I'm going to forget. So who's really praying is the question. And so the disciples asked this amazing question. They, they said, Jesus, how should we pray? And so the Lord's Prayer, and there's way too much to go through the whole prayer today, and we'll spend next week on prayer also. But this is what he said. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. These are not just words to throw on a screen. And Jesus wasn't saying, you just pray this every day and everything's going to be okay. He was given a formula to connect to his Father in heaven. And so as you break this down, you see an amazing pattern for prayer every day of your life. The disciples said, how do I pray? And this is what Jesus said. So let's go. Number one, hallowed be your name. Matthew 6, 9, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed's a funny word. Hallowed means to recognize greatness. In other words, when I come before God, the first thing I do is, God, you're good. Even if circumstance in my life is not pointing that way right now, you're good. You're magnificent. You are in control. God, you've created everything that I know. You, you are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You are, you're my peace. You're Jehovah Shalom. You are, you're in that name, in that name right there. You can put in any covenant name of God, which there's eight of them, and you can come to a place where you just start worshiping God for how great he is. So immediately, Jesus says, this is how you pray. You recognize the greatness of God. 
and we say this a lot, but you can't say it too much. Whenever you recognize how great God is, and you keep recognizing that, and then before you know it, you're worshiping Him, and then as you start worshiping God, His Spirit and presence envelops the area that you're in, and then all of a sudden, the situation and circumstance that you're in doesn't seem so big anymore, and God seems really big, hallowed be your name. So the question is, who's praying? You look at this next scripture right here. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I tell you what, we live in a society and a culture where we can get really proud. I know none of you are proud people. I know that. This is, so whoever's listening online, this may be for you. We, we, we are taught almost by our culture to be proud. And some days we can live our life in such a way that we forget how great God is. Instead of saying, God, you are the difference maker, go before me today. We like to put our hands on stuff and, and just go after it. And God's saying, look, I was, I am, and I am to come. Like, I'm the Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end is what that means. Says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come. The Almighty. You read through the Psalms and you read through the Bible, and there are certain times when God shows up, and I mean, it's just like the glory of God, people tremble. And when the Bible talks about the fear of God, it's not talking about being scared of God, it's talking about the greatness of God. It's talking about understanding and realizing how awesome God is. He's the Almighty. So when I go before God and I begin to pray, I begin to pray, and as I'm praying, I'm realizing how great He is, and as I realize how great He is, I realize how my circumstance doesn't compare to Him, and now I'm come before Him. He's going to help take care of that circumstance, the Almighty. So who's praying? It's a question. Are any of us really praying? The anchor, being attached. So let me, let me tell you a story. Friday was my birthday, and Dylan, my son asked me what I wanted for my birthday. I said, I want to go to the woods and play in the mud. <laughs> it's a valid request. <laughs> so we went to this, this uh, hunting area, and, and we meet out there, and it had been raining a lot out there. Uh, and so we, we had a blast. We played and played and played and sweated and got muddy and saw alligators and snakes, and it was fun. So as we got back to the, the cabin, this little camping area, I realized I didn't have my phone. So we looked for that phone. I hate phones. We looked for that phone forever. Went back. That phone's in the water somewhere which is better than being at a gas station, right? Because nobody's going to hack my stuff. And there was a lot of stuff on that phone, a lot of it about you. So you should be glad that I didn't lose it at a gas station. (laughs) So unless a deer is going to grow thumbs and text, I'm good. But watch this, watch this. I guarantee you it's an hour and a half away. I must have reached for that phone a hundred times. And I knew it was lost. But it was just habit, right? I'm driving, and I'm like, 
I need to text them. Oh, you dummy, you don't have your phone. Oh, man, I wonder what time it is. Oh, I wonder if it's going to rain this afternoon. Oh, I want to, you know, I'm just like, over and over and over. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you're just like attached to the, you are. I, take your spouse's phone and hide it and tell them they lost it and see how many times they reach for it. Don't take your teenager's phone because then they may die. Yeah, we, we wouldn't want that to happen. But I realized how attached I was to that phone. And then so I'm, I'm, I'm already, you know, I'd already written this message. And so I'm thinking, God, am I that attached to you? I started thinking that. And I, I had to do some soul searching. Like, God, do I, do I reach out and talk to you a hundred times in an hour and a half drive? No, is the answer. Obviously, no. That's why I was getting convicted. And so you've got the creator of the universe, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, who was, who is, and is to come. So he, he was in your past, and he dealt with your past. He is in the today, and so he can help you in today. And he's already going to where you're going tomorrow. Wow. He was, is, and is to come. Am I anchored? Am I attached to God through prayer? Next thing, your will be done. Matthew 6.10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. Do you know you have a kingdom? You got one in heaven, but you have one on earth. And your kingdom is how you live your everyday life. Your neighborhood, where you stop at the gas station, where you work. That's your little kingdom. Right? I mean, that's what you do every day of your life. That's, that is what God's given you, and that's what you're responsible for. And so what Jesus is telling the disciples, look, you've got to pray every day of your life that his kingdom, as it is in heaven, will come sit upon your kingdom for what he's called you to on this earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus is saying, pray to God that his glory rest upon your life every day. Pray that that, that that little kingdom that he's, he's entrusted to you, that, that family and that workplace, and, and let, pray that God's glory and his kingdom would set up on top of your kingdom. In other words, let him be more important in your everyday life than you are. Now, this is a trip right here because he's talking to the disciples, and he knows what they're going to go through, and he knows how they're going to be tempted, and he knows how they're going to die. So then he says... Pray that your will be done. Pray to God that his, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so he's, he's given a roadmap for himself. Because watch this. In the Garden of Gethsemane, right before Christ was tortured and crucified, what did he pray? Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're slow but worth waiting on. Yeah, he said... He said, look, if this cup can pass from me, let it be so. But not my will be done, your will be done. So Jesus is modeling what he had taught. He's practicing what he had preached. And he's saying, look, guys, when things get rough and things get hard, don't fret. Just pray this prayer. God, would you please let your will be done in this situation? That's so stinking hard. Isn't it? 
I mean, because we want what we want, and it's like, you got, are you serious right now, God? I'm, you, you need to do this. I get tickled at people that say that, what is it, uh, name it and claim it? I believe in faith. I believe in having faith. But I believe at the end of the day, God loves me so much that if he don't want me to have it, I ain't going to have it. Just, that's just the bottom line. Unless I put my hands on it, and then that's when things go really south. Because that's a, that's, a that's a hard prayer to pray. Like, God, I really, 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 really want that house. I really, 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 really want that car. God, give me that car. And if you don't give me that house or car, then you must not love me. Instead of God, you own all things. And I'm asking you right now, and you know my heart, I really want that. But if I'm not supposed to have it, not my will, but your will be done. So who's really praying is the question. Think about it for a second. Look at, look at this next verse. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So I'm praying God's will in my life, and I'm reading the word. Because remember, we've learned this. The way that my mind is renewed is by the washing of my mind through the word of God. And, and that word renewed right there means to be made new daily. And so if I'm reading my Bible daily, and that, this is why your mind's renewed, because it's God-breathed, it's perfect, and we live in an unperfect world. And so as I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying, God, let your will be done, and then things become to come, they, they come into clarity. I'm telling you, when you spend time with God, things that you're going through in your life that are confusing you, they just become clear. And I shouldn't do that, because they don't happen like that all the time. Sometimes it takes a while. But, but the point being, how many of you get confused on a daily basis? You're going through things in your life, and you're like, what do I do with this child? Or what do I do with this boss? Or what, what do I do with my... Like, you just get confused. And if you don't get confused, you should preach next week, and I'll go to the Bahamas and be confused. <laughs> it, you know, life... Life leaks. Life can crowd in on you, and, and there can be so many things going on in, in your life that you kind of you're like, man, I'm I'm confused about that that area of my life. My wife looked at me the other day, and she goes, "Are you okay? You got a lot going on in your life right now." I said, "Yeah, baby, I'm fine. I'm just a little confused." <laughs> she goes, "Oh, okay, we're good." <laughs> Been married over 20 years, so she knows I get confused, right? So. So the idea is, is to pray daily, God, let your kingdom come and let your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. See, God was, is, and is to come. And so God's pulling me towards my future. And as long as I anchor myself in prayer, then I'm walking towards that future. So who's really praying? And I'm not, again, I'm not talking about like a Hail Mary, like just throwing one up. I'm saying who, who of us that call ourselves Christ followers are really spending time in prayer? You know what will make you pray? <laughs> Teenagers. If you've not explored that space yet, just wait. It, yeah. So there are things in life that we can get ahead of and we can pray about them every day, every day. 
every day. And so, God, let your will be done. Let's keep going. Give us our daily bread. Matthew 6, 11. Give us our daily, today our daily bread. I, I am enamored with people that will tell everybody else how broke they are or everybody else how they're lonely. They'll tell everybody else what they're going through and they will never ask God to fix it. Give us this day. In other words, God, today I need you to give me what you know I need because you created me so you know me. You knew me before you formed me in my mother's womb. You know what I need today, so I'm just going to go ahead and tell you to go ahead and do that for me because you know what I need. I mean, you, know, you get out of bed, you don't know what the day holds, right? Like, <laughs> you ever been just cruising along? And then out of nowhere, life just goes, bam! Right? God already knew that was going to happen. So when I pray, God, would you please today give me my daily bread, I'm praying, God, you already know what today holds for me because you created today. Therefore, it cannot be the enemy of my soul. I was watching the induction to the Hall of Fame last night. Anybody watch that, the Football Hall of Fame? Two of us. <laughs> I DVR'd it if you want to come over. We'll watch it again. And, and uh, I think it was Jerome Bettis. One guy was getting inducted. He got up there. And, and he was talking about raising his kids. And, and he said, every morning I wake them up and say, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Get your butt out of bed. <laughs> See, God, God knows every day when we wake up. He knows, the Bible says he knows when a hair comes out of our head. And for some of us that are getting older, that's a lot these days. It's like, who keeps up with that in heaven? He knows. He was, he is, and he is to come. He, he's already where we're going. So the question is, who's really praying? Give us this day our daily bread. And I, uh, I'm talking about, like, really saying, God, you, I'm in a situation here where I need you to move. So I'm going to press away. I'm going to get up earlier than I normally do. And I'm gonna, I ain't going to talk to anybody else today about my problem. I'm going to come to you. And I'm going to seek your face. You have not because you ask not, the Bible says. I'm, I'm always enamored at people that, that um, they'll, they'll say this. God, if you're up there. <laughs> what is that? Like, okay. You just started your prayer with like a super unfaithful. God, if you're up there. Or no, here's another one. God, if you're listening. He's omnipresent, the Bible says. Like, he, he's listening. He knows everything. And so the, the idea of give us this day our daily bread. If one of my kids needed something and I had the means to give it to them, say they're hungry. And they never ask. And I found out one day they had gone days without eating and I had food to give them. I'd be so mad. I'd be so upset and so disappointed. Now, my kids don't have any, they're both in grown, and they don't have any problem calling and saying, hey, I'm in need, especially the one in college. Um, but, but 
like if I if I had the means to help them and give them something to eat and I knew that they went hungry for days, it would break my heart. It would literally break my heart. That's why the Bible says you have not because you ask not. And and when we refuse to, to pray prayers like, God, you know I really need this, and I'm acknowledging that you are you are the Alpha and Omega, and I know you can do this for me. When we don't pray those crazy standstill prayers, what we do is we just tie God's hands. And we go about life, and we, we, we just go and go and keep toiling and trying and doing. And God's up there going, Jason, you're breaking my heart here. Why won't you please come to me? I am the perfect father. So who's really praying? That's a good question, isn't it? And I'm not, again, I'm not talking about just a quick hit. I'm talking about getting along with God and praying and talking to God. Look, look, look at these uh, last few verses. Philippians 4.19, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of glory in Christ Jesus. So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your, your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Don't worry. The Bible also says don't be anxious about anything, but with prayer and petition, cast your cares. Make it known to God. Cast your cares upon the Lord, and the peace that passes understanding will guard your heart. God, today, you know what I need. Give me, give me what I need for today. Don't worry. Don't worry. Now, I wish it was easy as it is easy to say, right? I wish I could just say, Jason, don't worry today. And then I just went all day without worrying. Jason, don't be anxious. Yeah, because we're human. But that's why Jesus has given the disciples a roadmap here for prayer because when I pray in faith about not worrying, I get to a place of when I'm tempted to worry that day, when something happens, I remember, no, God, I already prayed about this. I'm not going to worry about that. I, I'm, I'm not really worried about it because I'm attached. I'm anchored. And when I, when I try to sneak off into worry, prayer pulls me back. Prayer, prayer pulls me back. And, and so you have this idea. And, and what Jesus is saying, look, the world's running after these things. God knows what you need. And to me, Jesus knowing what the disciples were going to go through, and knowing what he, he had to endure, he's saying, look, you can't add one day to your life by worrying. And, and don't, don't be chasing after the things of the world. If God gives them to you, that's great. But your Father in heaven knows what you need. So there becomes a stability and kind of a spiritual swagger. A spiritual swagger that comes about your life when you spend time in prayer. Because my father knows what I need. And I've already talked with him today extensively. And if he didn't already know, he knows now. Because I talked to him. Which he did already know. He's God. But he loves when his kids come and talk to him. There's a spiritual swagger. And, and it's, it's kind of like, how many of you had an older brother? That, oh, cool. Yeah. Um, did he beat you up? <laughs> so my brother repeatedly beat me up. He, he, but he would not let another person lay a hand on me. 
right? I mean, it was okay for him to beat me. Yeah, but if, and, and I can remember, like, we'd be at a park playing basketball or somewhere, and, and um, if it was, we grew up in a rough area, and, but I can remember somebody, like, hitting me too hard or pushing me, and I can remember my brother, cl- like, flying across the concrete basketball court, just wham. <laughs> I know that back then that was okay. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> yeah, you don't do that now. And, but I, I can remember going places with my brother, and there was just a different, there was a different swagger, right? Because I knew he had my back. Like, I knew. And, and a few times, I took advantage of that, and he let me get beat up. He's like, you're being a jerk, dude. Go ahead. Hit him a few times. Um, but, but the idea is when I've spent time with God, and I know that he knows what I need, then I, I, can, I can charge the day knowing that I've made my request known. God, you know what I need today. And there's just a different spiritual swagger about you when you know that you've spent time with God and, and you, you said, hey, God, give me, give me the daily bread that I need today. Because he's a good God. Look at this last verse right here. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who what? Ask him. Ask him. So in other words, God is daring you to ask him to pray audacious prayers daily. Stop complaining about the situation and talk to God about it. Pray. So who's really praying? I love this, this scripture because it speaks of asking God for good gifts. And the greatest of all gifts, salvation. And the greatest gift that God gave to us was Jesus Christ. So maybe you're here today and you haven't even started your prayer journey. Now there's a lot of us in this room, hopefully, that are being convicted today about being prayerless. Prayerless Christians. And so I hope God helps you this week to pray and talk to him about it. But you may be in here today, you're like, I didn't even know I was allowed to pray. You may be here today and you need a fresh start. You need a starting point. The greatest gift, the goodest of good gifts, as the scripture is talking about, is that was grammatically incorrect, wasn't it? (laughs) The goodest of good gifts. I'll hear about that tomorrow at work. So, but it, it's, it's salvation. It's an eternity in heaven with God. It is, and the Bible says that only comes to a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a, it, what is salvation? It, it's simply putting your faith in Jesus Christ. If God would not withhold his only son from us, what other good thing would he withhold? Nothing. So maybe that's you. Like seven people in the early service this morning said, you know, I need Jesus. I need a starting point. I need some things to change in my life. I don't, I've never really confessed Jesus Christ as my Savior. It's a belief issue. It's a faith issue. Basically, all you're doing is saying, yeah, you know what? I've finally come to a place in my life that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. I believe he's the one true son of God. I believe he lived a sinless life. 
I believe that he took my death and sin on the cross. I believe they placed him in a grave, and I believe he rose from that grave on the third day, and I believe he's coming back for me one day. If you hadn't done that, what an awesome day to do that. Starting a, a, a fresh start with God. Would you bow your heads all over this place? If that's you, you say, Jason, that's me. I'm realizing right now that I've actually never never accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I've never taken a moment to put my faith in Jesus. If that's you, anywhere in this place, and you want to do that today, slip your hand up long enough for me to see it and put it right back down. So that's me. I need a starting point. I need a fresh start. Awesome. Look, here's the deal. As we close out today, I challenge you to explore the journey of prayer. And you can use the model that Jesus gave the disciples and just talk to God. Talk to Him. Father, thank you for prayer. Thank you for the vehicle of prayer. Thank you. Prayer is a way that you you connect with us and we connect with you. There's a transaction that happens there. Pierce our hearts, Lord, to know you more through talking to you more. In Jesus' name, amen.